Welcome to another episode of Driving to the Race with your favorite, your favorite hosts, Emilia and Larry. Yeah, I go first. <laughs> you remembered. I forgot the host part. Reminds me of our favorite Dr. Cowan. He never yes. gets his right either. But he's been doing pretty good lately. Yeah, and his podcasts are awesome. They're always awesome. So if you don't listen or haven't listened to Dr. Cohen, you probably should. You probably should, yeah, if you haven't yet. Yeah, he does yeah. talk about a lot of interesting things. And they're not all just coronavirus this or that, but, you know, there's interesting things like structured water. Yes, structured water fascinating. fascinating. And the wind um, harp things. The wind harp things, yeah, those yeah. are pretty darn cool. Oh, those are cool. We have a friend who has one of those. Yep. Yeah. Well, his isn't the same thing. Isn't it? I thought you said well, it was a wind harp. Maybe it is. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Maybe you can know. bring it over and show us. <laughs> that would be nice. Wind harps are um, an interesting thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, what's been on your mind lately? What's been on my mind? Well, I had lots of things in my mind that came in, um, which is unusual because I usually don't have stuff in my mind. But it's been a lot recently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it has been. Ooh, a bit overwhelming, actually. It's been quite a strong week, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a lot of conversations on our Telegram channel, the Nelia Benz channel. And um, one of the things that keeps popping up is a couple of things. Uh, it has to do with the coronavirus thing. Right? Not that but still. The, I know. Aren't we over that yet? No. Oh, I think it's, it's accelerating even. Oh, but there's a couple of things that keep popping up. One of them is people keep posting things on my channel that say, oh, it's okay, you can get the vaccination as long as you meditate or you take these supplements and you can reverse the damage and you're going to be just great. Okay, go ahead for it to that. Is that one of those traps? <laughs> it's one of those traps. I would suggest that people don't listen to those because it's a trap. You give your consent to the low-frequency engagement when you... Um, when you take the vaccine, basically. Uh, so, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, those traps. One thing to consider. You're uh, entering into a, we call it a minefield in a sense, although it's also an Easter egg hunt. <laughs> an Easter egg hunt, I like that yeah. idea. It depends on whether you're on, um, which side of the split that you're um Voting for hunting on yeah. or um searching in yeah. when you're when you're when you're navigating this Easter egg hunt, you know we go find idyllic locations like we have in our uh, backyard of the Shamachak right now or in mm -hmm. the center of the spiral, our little labyrinth in the creek behind, watch the baby salmon swimming around talking about you know our experiences for the week mm -hmm. in our podcast it's pretty idyllic we're driving, not driving. <laughs> That's, a, that's what I'd call an Easter egg. There's also these uh, mines that are popping around. You know, mm -hmm. there's mines. We go to the, uh, when we drive to the res, there's a couple of mines there, you know. One of the mines I'm navigating right now is that uh, my daughter's picking her school and it's mandatory vaccinations. Mm. But it isn't really. No, they still um, honor the, the clauses of religion or philosophy. Religious, philosophical, or yeah, medical reasons medical, are okay yeah. for exceptions. Mm -hmm. But it is mandatory. Even though they're in California, so it's very strange. Yeah, but it is mandatory, orders. except yeah. for you can opt out. Mm -hmm. 
but it's <laughs> yes. mandatory. Is that that's the minefield? That's one of the mines, the right? Mines you can fall minefield. into that mine yeah. very easily. Very easy. So, hi, hi, say hi to everybody. It does seem yes, Dora, Theodora, <laughs> and Peavy. Now that uh, you're getting attention from the cat, the dog wants it. Yeah, <laughs> she was perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> These are Easter eggs. These are Easter eggs. Yes. Yeah. So the uh, you know the minefields and the Easter eggs, I guess. It's a uh, reasonable to say, oh, I'll go get the shot and then I'll meditate about it and clear it from my system because I'm a light being and light's not going to get affected by this darkness or whatever, you know. I mean, I've heard that kind of stuff before. Mm-hmm. It just, it makes it okay to make that decision, I suppose, right? It creates the opening for that to be okay. Mm-hmm. Now, why would it, now, this is a reasonable question. Mm-hmm. Why is this, this one thing? Mm-hmm which appears to be this one thing. Why is this one thing the thing? You do that, you're on the wrong side of the split. Well, for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do it, and it doesn't matter what, you're on the wrong side of the split. Mm-hmm. You don't do it, and it doesn't matter what, you're on the right side of the split. Obviously, that's not true. No, that's not true. That's just one of many things. Yes. As Michael would say at the gates of wherever dimensional gate past which he won't allow you to pass. Mm-hmm. There are a billion things, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the most obvious and upfront and easiest for us to discern in this current time of place is shot, yes or no. Mm-hmm. Easy. Because yeah. shot, yes, means I've subscribed to a whole bunch of fear things. Yeah. And shot, no, means I'm not subscribing to a whole bunch of fear things. Fear or, um, what's it called when you give away your power? Authority. Obedience. Um, compliance, yeah. Right, uh, I it's think that... something that you know is instinctively wrong. Maybe that, maybe so. More, I mean, I remember when you first uh, described a fear processing exercise some years ago, and I'd listened to it, and I said, well, that's all fine and dandy, but I don't have any fears. <laughs> I'm not afraid of nothing. I mean, obviously I did have some plenty of fears, and I said, well, what what about other things, you know, because it's not like all fear. And he's like, at the root, most of these things, they are yeah. a fear thing. Yeah. So you're jealous, afraid you're less than somebody else or something. Yeah. Uh-huh. Basically, fear of rejection. it comes down to a fear of rejection, a fear of being singled out, a fear yeah. of being persecuted, being a fear worthy. of being not smart enough, a fear of being a billion billion yeah. things but mm-hmm. but in a sense if you get that shot then you're afraid of at some point or another of something something mm-hmm. if you don't get job, it if you don't get it because you're eyes. afraid of getting it yeah. does that still count <laughs> <laughs> well it depends what kind of fear you know it's like is it street smart fear or is it you know well it well i would argue that it is equivalent if you're not getting a bit because you're afraid of the consequences? Is it because you're going to get extremely sick and you know it? You're afraid you're going to get sick? That's not the same. It's not the same as knowing that you're, knowing going, to that you're going to get sick. I know if I get that shot, I yeah. pick the dark side of the light dark. Mm. Or the dark side If somebody of the light dark, hands you a vial of poison, right? Do you not drink it because you're afraid of drinking it? Hell yeah, I'm afraid of drinking it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the same, is it? Because you know at that point that a poison's going to kill you or make you very sick. 
And you don't want that consequence. But I am definitely afraid of drinking it. Well. Uh Are you afraid of it? I'm afraid to touch it even. Yeah. Yeah. There's fear involved. Okay. When I look at it, there's no fear. It's just a knowing. If I drink that poison, I'm going to get very sick or I'm going to die. So I won't do it because I don't want to get sick or die. So I think it's reasonable then to, if you have a fear and that's your driving purpose, is your fear to not get the shot because you're afraid of what will happen. Process your fear. If you, if there's fear there, absolutely, yeah. Process okay. your fear. Process your fear because mm-hmm. it's an equivalent spiritually to responding out of fear. I would say so, yeah. I think that's a good point. Or it gets really complex, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's it's a not, place of sounds complex, and there's it a isn't. place of fear, right? right? That's a very, very good distinction. I think it's important that, I mean... I don't a, go through red lights because I know that if I keep doing it, there's a possibility, a very high chance that somebody will smash into my car. There's also an extremely high chance that they won't because you are you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, because we, I am subscribed to a society and a structure that says stop at red lights because the other person has green and they're going to go. That's a subscription. That's an agreement. It's a co-created agreement. And the agreements that we create as a co- at a social level are larger than my enlightened state. <laughs> well, I'm talking about... <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, your puppy fell in the water. Puppy, puppy. Oh, no. She's not a big swimmer yet. Oh, no. She fell in. She's soaking wet. <laughs> <laughs> playing with Tora. Oh, no. Who would have ever thought the dog would be playing with a cat in the water? <laughs> oh, my goodness. She had a good shake. Well, uh, I'm pretty sure if I repeatedly ran through any red lights, eventually I'm going to have some impact with some cars. Exactly. But you might not. But I am At least part not of an that impact same... that would hurt you take you out but here's the thing i am still part of that social agreement right but there's other agreements that you're a part of i like to remember the story of your rock climbing yeah but there's so so much foolhardiness that you can use even if you're a high frequency individual that the agreement the collective agreement would allow for right well would you tell that rock story (laughs) because <laughs> it's really story. fascinating it's so funny I know they I mean, also told fun. me they also voice... told you a very important thing at the end of yeah, it yeah very important thing right. and I think it's relevant with the uh, red lights and mm-hmm. I think probably yeah. some people's perceptions of things yeah. so when I was a teenager I used to rock climb without any ro- ropes or anything it's one of those free solo or free climbing yeah, free or whatever climb. they call that I didn't know there was a name for it I just did it spontaneously one day and carried on every time we'd go to a mountain or a hill I would just climb it pause um, for a second no, not pause, pause. Oh. <laughs> I also used to do that, but with very short rocks, and not because I thought that was the best idea. I just didn't know they could use ropes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's how much we knew about climbing. Yeah. <laughs> ropes. And I didn't understand, how the heck could you put a rope on and stop you from falling when you're climbing up the hill? Yeah. I didn't know that they had to stick little, you know, things in the rocks. Yeah. But you just were doing it, and you knew you didn't need a rope. You were just climbing for the joy, pure joy and connection of the climb. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was really great. It was a challenge, and I loved physical challenges. Right. And I was extremely fit. So even though I had a heart condition, (laughs) you know, it's like it was really fun. 
And um, I remember once we were at the Lake District in England, and there was this uh, mountain face that was rocky, and I thought, oh, that's, that looks really good. I'm going to climb it. And there was nobody else around. So I just went over and I started climbing it. And I, it was really high. It was a lot higher than I expected. It was a challenge, and I enjoyed it. But before I left, I saw that there were people on the summit, and I could see there was a, a hike, um, a, a trail going up to the mountain. So I thought, oh, you know, it's, it's pretty long, but I don't have to climb down, so that's okay. Yeah, can I'll you just, imagine trying I just to have climb to get, back down a rock? Yeah, I've done it. that plenty of time too, but it's a it's different hard. type of climb because when you're climbing up, you have to make sure that you can reverse the, all the movements, mm. right? But often there's climbs that you cannot. But when I saw that there was a trail up ahead, I thought, okay, that's cool. I can, it's a lot easier to just climb when you don't have to think about coming down the same way. So anyways, I started climbing. It's about, I was about an hour in and I was halfway through. And I looked down and the people underneath, uh, below, they looked like tiny little ants. Oops. Yeah. And I carried on climbing. And then I got to near the top. I was very close. And then I noticed that there was a rock coming out of the summit. It was a 90 degrees and it was way too long for my arm. And I thought... So you couldn't reach. I couldn't reach it now. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh. Because this climb and even that last move, I could not reverse. It was one of those where you jump onto the next... Uh, handhold and stuff. I watched that yesterday on some videos. Uh-huh. And those guys with the ropes on, because I figured out what the ropes are for eventually, they must do it like 30 or 40 or 50 times falling, yeah. falling, falling. Yeah. And then they go go exercise and they yeah. work out some more and then they try again and they try again and they fall, 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 fall. Yeah. And, and then one time it. they finally get it. Yeah. But it takes like 30 or 40 or even a year's worth of trying. Yeah. So you were in one of those tries where... You're going to need 30 or 40 or years worth of trying to get it? <laughs> oh, gosh. And the rock was really smooth. There was no handholds because even if I could get the tips of my fingers on a on a crack of a rock, mm-hmm. I would be able to swing my arm around it, right? But I needed a couple of those. And I looked down and it was very, very high. I was, like, trapped. And I couldn't climb up on that 90-degree rock I couldn't reach the edge and the climb down. It was impossible. And, um, I was stuck. There was no up, no down. No, no up, no down, nothing. So I kind of. Did you have any fear? No, I had no fear. It's one of those situations you get into a situation. Why would you be afraid, right? You got yourself there. (laughs) Because the consequences are relatively severe. Well, I was 16 (laughs) at the time and I thought, well, I had a good innings, you know? (laughs) Good innings? Yeah. No, I don't know. That's not a word or a term that I would understand. Okay, so in cricket, yeah. when somebody, one of the players has a good score, a score is an innings. Oh. And, um, you know, it means you had a good game. If you had a good innings, it means you had a good game. So that's what I thought. I was like, oh, well, I'm going to have a go. I'm going to just push myself out to try and grab the edge of the the uh, the, the rock you know, going out. I knew I wasn't going to be able to make it, but it was the only chance I had, right? So before I lost all my strength and I couldn't even try on the jump, you know? Yeah. So I stuck myself against the rock and then jumped up and up trying to grab the thing. Of course, I failed miserably. I didn't even go halfway past the the Had ceiling. Yeah. Halfway out and you're already falling? Yeah. And I thought, oh, dang, you know, stronger words. And um, I said, oh, well, you know, 
and find out what the other side's like. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. And um, suddenly my body stopped midair. It moved all the way to the edge of the rock and up and then back in to the edge and dropped on the top of the rock. And I'm like, holy shit, how did that happen? Pardon my language. And, like you had a cheat code or what? And um, I heard these physical voices in my head saying, that was extremely stupid. <laughs> do not ever do that again. If you're going to do something dangerous, make sure you plan ahead. Do not take these kind of risks. We're not going to save you again. And that was the end of the message. And this is the last time we're going to save your ass. The very last time. That's what the voices said. Did you believe them? Absolutely. I never claimed again. Do you think it was the little the little guys that you grew up with? No, there were different voices. Different voices? Yeah, there were different voices. From my perspective, I think it's the human collective. I thought it was the human collective at the time. Uh-huh. And I still think so. Because it was like voices, not just one voice saying it. And it was human voices and deep voices and high voices and like a lot of voices saying this. And um, I was like, whoa, holy smokes. You know, it's like I was just lifted out. It could have been angels, you know, maybe it was Gabriel. Maybe. Well, that. I remember, I remember the corollary to that story a little bit. You had mentioned you were sitting next to someone on an airplane and they were terrified. You said, don't worry, it's not going to crash. Because I'm on it. Because I'm on it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm not scheduled to go out this way. Yes. <laughs> so... At the same time, you uh, acknowledge that if you continuously ran through red lights, that's outside the uh, collective agreement. That's yeah, exactly. Like, that's yeah. like the Superman boy playing uh, football. I don't understand the correlation there, but... Well, it's outside the agreement that Superman has, you know, to play in competitive sports because it's not... It's not fair on the others? Yeah. It's dangerous, you might hurt them. Mm. That's not really a game because you're going to win. It's it's outside of the agreement in a sense, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're running through red lights, it's like that Superman boy playing the, football. It's yeah. outside the, you know, with those skills and abilities and your purpose and mission, running through red lights just because you can and not get killed is mm-hmm. like you're basically putting other people's lives at danger at danger yeah, because they you might not get killed because, because you they might swerve. Not, but somebody else might yeah they crash into another truck and everything is gone right it's usually irresponsible and so yeah. that's the same as getting this vaccination shot or yeah. this mrna shot or whatever the hell shot you want to mm-hmm. call it yeah. you get this injection you're making a choice yeah it's a black and white choice it is pretty much you can find all the facts you want to back up whichever side that you're on mm-hmm Yep. And there'll be facts. Yep. Yeah. And if you're looking for an excuse to take it, go ahead and take it. Don't stop looking for excuses, man. Yeah, if you need an excuse to, to take it, there's tons of them. Yeah, go get one. Just get one. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's your choice. Yeah, it's your choice. Mm-hmm. And uh, either side you're picking, it's like, thank you for picking. Yeah. Thank because you for picking. once the picking is over, then the being starts mm-hmm. more. Maybe. So start resolving faster. Yeah. In a, in a little bit, I, I read a quote today. I didn't share it with you. It's not bum one. It's a good one. But it kind of illustrates a little bit of what we're talking about. Oh, yeah? 
Yeah. So this is from Rambo. Rambo? <laughs> okay. I don't think it's the real Rambo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not because <laughs> it's from Seek the Truth 101. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't think Rambo lives there. No. Anyway, at first, you see, it's all corrupt. Then, you see, it's all staged. Then it becomes clear it's scripted. Then you see the actors before you realize they don't actually exist. Very zen. <laughs> to get it? It's very zen. It's like from where, <laughs> from what perspective are these things, does this Happy. shot matter? Right, exactly. Does it matter if you're alive or dead here? Mm-hmm. Does it? No, not really. <laughs> no, not really, does it? <laughs> take the shot and die, don't take the shot and die. Doesn't really take matter. Take the shot and don't die, don't take the shot and don't die. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty much irrelevancies. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a different choice. Yeah. Where are you going to reside this next 10 million wax at it? Yeah. Are you going to reside in uh, light? Are you going to reside in light dark? Yeah. That's what you're asking. That's yeah. what you're doing. So if you die or don't die, kind of less relevant. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, on the plate, so to speak. Yeah. So, since this is like one of a zillion ways to make this choice, this little shot thing, what are some of the other possibilities for how the choices might come in? Is it just minefields and Easter eggs we're talking about? Mm. Just more variations on the same? Or are there going to be things like you could take a stand, grab your AR, and go out in a blaze of glory <laughs> for rights? <laughs> Yeah, that would be an exit. Of, uh, that would be one way. <laughs> an exit to the light, dark paradigm, yeah. Yeah, to continue, isn't it? Yeah. Right. War. War is definitely it. Uh, yeah. What about Alien 1? If they come and say, we're here to save you, mm-hmm. and you get on mm-hmm. the ship, and would you, that be they, one? They have kittens and puppies in their ship. Well, that's all right. I mean, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> Look, little boy, we have kittens in our ship. <laughs> well, who wouldn't get on? <laughs> There's nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> They're not here to save me. They're just here to be show their kittens. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to get on a ship with aliens if they show up with kittens? Is that what you're saying? No. When I was uh, seven years old, I lived with my grandmother in a tiny little town called Codewa in Chile. Yeah. And um, one day, me and my cousin were walking on the park, and uh, there was an ice cream van there. And we got to the ice cream, we were looking at the ice cream, you know, like daydreaming that we should get ice cream, but we didn't have any money. But we were daydreaming it, and this stranger comes up, this old guy, and says, oh, hi, uh, would you like some ice cream? <laughs> and I looked at him and I says, nope, nope, leave us alone. <laughs> and uh, my cousin says, but I want an ice cream. And I said, no, we're not getting ice cream from him. And he said, but it's okay, I know your grandma. And uh, I said, nope, I don't know you, my grandma told me not to get not to take anything from strangers, and you're a stranger. So, but I'm not a stranger. I said, yes, you are. You're a stranger. And this guy was like trying to convince us to accept this ice cream. And the guy, the ice cream seller, said, no, no, it's okay. You can, you can take an ice cream from this one. I said, no, well, you know, I should trust a, a guy in an ice cream van, <laughs> sure. And I grabbed my cousin, and we ran away. Right? <laughs> and she was really upset because she really wanted ice cream. And then uh, a few hours later, right? The man arrives at my grandma's house with a box of ice cream. And my grandma opens the door and he says, Oh, hi, uh, it's uh, Mr. Such and Such. And, um, and he says, Well, I, I came here to get, bring you some ice cream because you've taught your granddaughter 
really, really well. She will not take anything from a stranger, even <laughs> though he's the mayor of the town. <laughs> and everybody knows him. <laughs> so here it is. This is a prize for her because she did the right thing. She did not accept any ice cream from a stranger. And you have taught her very well. And my grandma was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I said, no, no, don't be sorry. She, you, you taught her well. And, don't uh, ever trust politicians. Is that what you were saying? <laughs> <laughs> and he, he kind of came in and I was giving him like dagger eyes. Dagger eyes. I did not trust him even then. Probably. And, but my grandma was happy reason. and she, he gave us the ice cream and my cousin was really happy. And then he said, oh, you do, still don't trust me. And I said, mm, well, I still don't know you. I says, yeah, but, you know, it's, it's okay to have ice cream. And I looked at my grandma and she said, yeah, yeah, you can take the ice cream. So I did. I took the ice cream. And I went back inside and they had a conversation after. And, you know, my cousin and I were inside the kitchen eating the ice cream. And I was a politician in Chile. Yeah, in a tiny little town that everybody knew, right? But I didn't. I didn't care what other people told me. I was like, nope, he, he's a stranger to me. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> right? So... It's like one of those trust things, you know. Um, do you trust the the ETs with the kittens? I don't yes, know. They probably have really nice kittens. I guess your mom didn't teach you right, huh? Or your dad? Don't get into cars with kittens in them. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if it's, I guess it's, I guess you're gonna have to hang out with me because you're gonna have to help me decide if these are <laughs> good, good alien kittens or bad aliens with yeah. kittens. <laughs> I think that's probably not going to be a good judge All right, of that. Here's the thing. If the aliens come in and they don't have to offer kittens because they can connect with you at a high frequency level telepathically and you know their entire history immediately and they're not strangers anymore, then yeah, sure, get on the spaceship. Okay. Uh, but if they're here promising... They say, hey, look, I have some kittens. Yeah, go ahead, come over come here. Come in here. We'll save well, you. Well, if it looks like bait, I'm probably not going to bite. I'm a fisherman, yeah. or at least I was. yeah. I know bait when I see it. Exactly. So that's the difference, I think. And so... Interesting. It's mental <laughs> exercise. Like, I don't know how we got to kittens, kittens on and spaceships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking about the different ways in which people can make decisions of what side of the paradigm they're going to be at. Well, one of the bigger items to look at then is... That still is... It would be easy to say, hey, you didn't take ice cream from that politician because you were afraid. I was, no, it's because I was incorruptible. And I was taught by my grandma that I should not take anything from strangers. She never actually told me why. <laughs> yeah. But that was a, a rule. Like, it was written in stone. You do not take stuff from strangers, period. So that was a program then. Yes. A program that you fully um, adopted and yes. used and Because I trusted my grandma. Because you trusted she, your grandma. Yeah. So the program that she wise. gives you is one that will keep you safe. Yes. Not because you're afraid, but because... It's a knowing. It's a know. Hey, she this is the program and I'm going to take it. Yeah, she, she was like 70 she years old. She, she knew better. You know? She knew better than me. Mm -hmm. It's like you would know better than me if the aliens with kittens were um, good aliens or bad aliens. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right. So um, we can accept this program, which is if you want to choose high frequency paradigm, mm -hmm. don't get a shot. 
Right. That's just a program. Yeah. Don't get a shot. Just don't get a shot. It's a, that's the agreement. That's a vote. That's a vote. Yeah, that's a vote. And part of the reason for that vote was because this choice had to be one that you make by your own hand. Yes. You have to make the choice. Right. You can be tricked or compelled or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's still you doing it. But it's still you doing it. Mm-hmm. And you're the one picking them out of here. Mm-hmm. The shot is just one of the ways. Yes. There are other ways coming. Yes. So, will they be as obvious? I mean, the second that I looked at this little shot thing, mm-hmm. I looked at it and I was like, hmm, wait a minute. Something's not right here. I didn't really, I mean, I didn't really think that it was a possibility that it's a good idea to begin with. I was like, mm-hmm. that's a really weird thing to be doing. Mm-hmm. Why would you be like, doing that and then the little bit of research that I could do I could find that mm, yeah in fact this is probably a very bad idea I don't know why mm-hmm. anybody would pick this even though they're requiring it mm-hmm. or think or saying they're requiring it they actually aren't mm-hmm. it was pretty obvious mm-hmm. are the rest of the ways going to be as obvious you think yeah they have to be as obvious it can't really like I mean yeah they have to be as obvious yes how come it doesn't seem that it's not so obvious to so many? Like, we were in the comments, and I never, I didn't actually double check, but it appears the Muji boy is a masker-vaxxer, and all his followers are masker-vaxxers, or, or whatever, and afraid mm-hmm. of viruses and things like that. And he'd spent a lot of time in meditation. Well, one of the comments I thought was very way. wise, yeah. this person said... Well, I'm very suspicious of any kind of guru or teacher who require, who sits above all the other people and requires them to kiss his feet. Is that a red flag in some way? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody tries to kiss my feet, I'd probably kick them up the ass and tell them to F off, you know? <laughs> That's not what you would do. I saw somebody do that. Yeah, they did. And they you didn't tried. treat them that way at all? No, I did not. But I you did sorry. stand them up and explain things. Yes. And that was I their, grabbed them by the yeah. shoulders and I pulled them off the floor and I said, nope, this is not the new paradigm. This is not what we do. Good job with that. Yeah. Okay, so admittedly that was a um, red flag, but some of the fruits of that red flag, I mean, the people that he had sit with him or were following his teaching or his understandings or his everything else, they may or may not have been kissing on his feet. They may not even ever have met him. But they are doing meditation and they are entering into a meditative state and they are contemplating the universe and yet they still fall for what seems patently obvious is bullshit. No other word for it. So why is that? Yeah, it's, like, it's amazing, isn't it? It's like the other boy that we read. His, uh, we love the music. Uh, Craig Press's music is brilliant. Mm-hmm. And he did uh, 40 years of meditations out of body travels through all these universes. Oh, what was his name? Joseph something? Jurgen Zewi. Jurgen Zewi, yeah. Fascinating um, reports of all of these yeah. extra-dimensional travels. Yeah. And, and I would recommend his books, and it was really good. Yeah. And then, the last book. The last book oh and the paragraphs God. in there, you know, the United States is last bastion of freedom in the yeah. civilized world, and... Without the U.S., the world's doomed, and yeah. ISIS has a special hell. That's the only hell that you can't escape from. Yeah, in the entire universe. In the universe. entire universes yeah. and dimensions. Yeah. 
We were like, what? Where do you get to there from where you've been? Yeah. Same thing with the Muji and the people that would follow him and the meditations Mm -hmm. and the wise counsel. At the same point, they get to there. And why? Mm. It's like a, I don't know. It's like like a broken record. It's like a broken record. Yeah. Resets, resets, resets. Mm. It's really bizarre. It's almost like you cannot depend on things that you think you should be able to depend on mm-hmm. to open your eyes and keep them open. Yeah. That you might need a tribe of high-frequency co-creators to navigate minefields and Easter eggs <laughs> and uh, yeah. have them call you out on your bullshit if they happen to fall into some. <laughs> yes. You might be necessary because they are invisible to you. That's why they catch you. Mm. Is that why? It could be, yeah. could be. All right, that makes sense. <laughs> hmm. But I've noticed a tendency for hard-headedness and, um, what's this? Some people feel like they need to reach all the way up to the light and the fire and touch it and see how hot it actually is before they say, yeah, you're right, it's too hot. <laughs> I suppose that's okay so long you don't, you know... Bring Swallow the fire. And bring people with you. And bring other people to the fire to touch it with you. <laughs> I don't know. But if those, I mean, they're not victims, they're chosen to be a part of that, right? Right. I guess the the bottom line is, you know, pick your co-creators carefully. Yeah. So in all of my experience, so far you're the only person who's teaching things who I've discovered that didn't at some point or another us or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> I remember years ago you said, go find five instructors, five teachers that you would get information from and pick high-frequency ones. And I remember trying to do that, and oh my God, did I fail so miserably. <laughs> yeah, you do. Hi, hi. Dora. So, do you have any um, suggestions on sources of information that we can? I mean, how do we how do we find high frequency sources of information? Oh God, that's BBs. BBs in our lap. Chewed, chewed my <laughs> mic. <laughs> These animals. Well, I think Dora came up, so that made she uh, has to. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I kind of, you know, I consider now and. St- at that time, I was thinking like um, spiritual teachers, like a Muji, or like uh, at the time. I'm not even going to mention the names. <laughs> you know what? But, at the time, it felt like a good idea. Okay, I thought I quite honestly thought that there were lots and lots of people on the planet who were waking up and guiding others in a very straightforward, ethical, high frequency way. But you're right. I mean, I haven't actually found anybody who hasn't at some point or at some degree um, fallen for low-frequency stuff. And even I know of a couple of people that we have talked about or talked to that seem to be on the ball at a public level and they were saying all the right things. But then when I explored their private lives, they were not... They were not. Talking or walking their talk. Yeah. And their lives were shit, man. Pardon my language again. 
So it's one of those situations, you know. Oh, I think our mail's here. See, that's okay. She got it. I think you're right. Well, I, I was, I've amended that to acknowledge that I keep high frequency, five high frequency teachers that don't necessarily teach meditation or spiritual things, like Dr. Cowan. Oh, I yeah. Consider him a high frequency oh, absolutely. Yeah. source. Yes. And I keep an eye on him. Uh huh. I, it's like, trust and verify. Trust and verify, yes. I think you said Everything. that before. Trust and verify. And just because we're at the uh, trust and verify level and everything's been trustworthy up to this point doesn't, doesn't mean, mean that tomorrow that he tomorrow might he can't fall into this minefield of some exactly. kind. So you have to be yeah. conscious and aware. Always, all the time. So part of being conscious and aware includes things like what? What tools would you use? Truthing. Truthing would be one of your tools? Yes. Yeah. Always use the fear processing exercise for sure. Because a lot of the times we just fall into fear. Sometimes we don't we fall into fear of uh, trusting ourselves, right? Because all our spidey senses are telling us one thing, but all the evidence and um, subjective or objective aspects of what we've been shown show us another thing. Yeah. So it's really tough sometimes, you know, to, to make a decision or know what's right. So use the truth in exercise that I teach. Right. <laughs> okay. No, puppy. <sighs> okay, okay, you got him. <laughs> she has the cutest little bark. I mean, she's like three and a half, four pounds. She's and, four pounds. Right? Yeah, she's she, pretty yeah, sure she pounds. can take on the UPS truck man. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? Did you scare him away? You did? Oh, good job. Good girl, thank you. Yes, you good girl. You good girl. <laughs> yeah, so... So when data comes to you, for example, data comes to you from a trusted source that's high frequency and it scares you. Do the me? fear processing, right? Yeah. I for haven't example. found any data that scared me so far. Well, I'm talking about people who are listening. Oh, okay. Because there's so much data running around. Yeah. And when you start running down the rabbit hole, yeah. you encounter a lot of stuff. Yeah. Very far, very far, very far. Very, very far, very, very far or fast. Process your fear when you listen to something. Yeah. And then maybe... Righteousness. Uh, your righteousness. Yes, your anger. Your triggers, your triggers, basically. Process yeah. your triggers, right. and by processing your triggers and processing uh -huh. your fears, you mean... Okay, so here's something that we've been hearing recently. There's yes. a lot of data around it, and it's coming from every single direction. Yes. And it's one of those things where it says that people who got vaccinated are actually affecting and making other people sick. Yes, the vaccinated people are as dangerous to you as getting the shot, Yeah, and you're going worse. Dangerous, they're going to damage you. And you're screwed, basically. You're going to die. You need because... to, yeah. So, so here's um, the thing. What's the word? You need to um, um, separate yourself from the vaccinated people. Yeah. Because so, they're infectious. And I looked at it. At a medical level, it makes sense in a way because uh, people have bodies and bodies communicate with each other in pheromones, uh, through breath, um, chemicals and everything else. For example, yeah, subtly, in my physical body, I can smell people's illnesses when they somebody who's sick. You know, they have diabetes or they have a, a lung cancer or a heart condition or a flu or a cold. I know that they're sick by their smell and what the nature of that sickness is. Mm. 
it's really bizarre, right? But Useful I've had skill. that all all my life. I had that ability my entire life. Okay. I've, it, I've, my brain translated into smell, but it's probably something else. Exactly. It could be the particles from their breath, right? That mm-hmm. other people don't pick up, but I turn them into a smell, and my brain can understand it. Good so, um, people's bodies affect other bodies. It is true. But you have to understand that if you didn't agree to get vaccinated, you haven't chosen the dark paradigm, right? Sorry, oh, honey. Okay. <laughs> Slapping you around. There's a massive mosquito on your face. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't need to be a baby mosquito feeder. So that's something, even though there's a lot of evidence, you know, people getting affected by the people and very, very badly and getting sick and everything else, I would say... Having um, a reaction. Having, having a, reaction, a response. A response. So take your vitamins, the D vitamin, the C vitamins, K and zinc. Take those. those and nice elderberries and nice yeah. chaga tea and all of the things that support, support your system. Support your system, right? Support your body. You're not choosing the dark paradigm, the light-dark paradigm. You're still choosing the light paradigm, even though you may have been affected by other people's vaccine. It you does not mean that you got vaccinated through air. That does right. not mean that. Doesn't mean okay? you inadvertently accidentally picked the light dark paradigm because you were around people who were vaccinated. And they got sick. Right. Right. And you're getting all the same side and effects. And you get some symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. This is different. This is it an is entirely different. different thing. Yeah. So I wanted to clarify that because there was a lot of comments and questions in our telegram channel saying asking that, right? Mm-hmm. Does that mean, you know, that we're all screwed or we're all gonna die and this and this and the other, right? It doesn't. You literally have to put that thing inside of you by your own hand, right? Which means you have to drive there. You have to make an appointment. You have to get Sit somebody. Sit there, get somebody yeah. to do it for you. Yeah. If you, you know, yeah. They ain't going to let you do it yourself, literally. Right. But you literally have, you have to show up. Show up and you make literally sure have that to get in line. put your arm there out to you get have to sit there, yeah. yeah. So, not the same. And you're definitely, I mean... For you personally, individually, your own experience of the split is a bit of a mirror of your experience of the non-physical start of the split, right? In 2010 or 11 Mm -hmm. or whenever that was, where you were taken out of your body for a week or so. About 10 days, a week. And it was traumatic, too traumatic to beat. In the the matrix matrix at that point. Plus you disagreed with it. Right. Which, you know, I'm pretty sure most of us who've picked the light disagree with it at a level of the the way that we wish it were was a different way, which was everybody experienced the split without the splitting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just everybody's into the light. But since that didn't happen, you know, your experience of it has been re- relatively trauma traumatic. I mean... It hasn't been peaches and cream, easy slide, right? Not at all. Don't cry, honey. It's been pretty tough. It's been tough. Because I'm sensitive, you know? Yes, you are sensitive, honey. And I am the human collective. Yeah. In a way that I haven't seen others be the human collective. 
Yeah. So, yeah, it's been pretty tough. I remember you mentioned in connection with the Lemurians, they had described and explained to you how tough it was going to be so that yeah, you were prepared did. for it. Yeah. Hopefully that helped. Mm. Helped some. But yeah, you're not having an easy go of it. I've been pretty sick at a physical level, but also it's just painful, you know. It hurts. Physically hurts. Physically hurts. Yeah. It's a physical split. Yeah, the in 2011, oh, 2010, I can't remember when it was. I think 11. But before that, 2006, um, the Lemurians kept coming up. I didn't even know what Lemurians were at the time. <laughs> I, know, I know. When you mentioned them, I was like, Lemurians? What's that? Yeah. What's <laughs> <I found> that? <laughs> Some random... I was in Shasta because I needed to go to Shasta. I didn't know Shasta existed. I just needed to go to a mountain that day. Yeah. It was four o'clock in the morning. I wake up and I had a a tiny little baby. And uh, he he was a few weeks old. And... I turned around to my husband and I said, I need to go to the mountain. I have to get out of the valley. I have to go to a mountain. And he says, what mountain? I said, I don't care. Just take me to the nearest mountain. And he says, okay. And we got the baby dressed and everything, got climbing the car and left. And he says, where are we going? He says, there's a mountain nearby in about four hours. It's called Shasta. I said, great, perfect. Let's go there. And we got there and then we started climbing the mountain in the car. And it's, we went past one car park, no, higher, 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 and eventually we got to the one that was good. And I sat in the car park, and there was a little picnic tables and things. Took the baby out of the car, it was freezing cold. Um, Speaking of which, it just got cold here, very cold. Did you open up the Lemurian portal or what? Probably. <laughs> it's freezing. And um, um, sat there for about half an hour, and says, okay, I feel good now, yeah, perfect, let's go home. And he looks at me and says, we just drove four hours, we're not going home. <laughs> I booked us a hotel in town. He says, oh, great, perfect. So we drove down to the town and I was in the lobby of the hotel and it was like a storefront. It was in a corner and there was things on the windows and things, you know, and I was walking around the store looking at things. She had lots of trinkets and beautiful things. And this woman started walking down the street and saw me in this, went through the window and she looked at me, her eyes went all big. And she ran inside, and I thought, maybe she thought I worked there. <laughs> so the first thing came out of my mouth is, I don't work here. <laughs> and she looked at me, and she says, oh, my gosh. She said, you're her. You're it. And I said, what? She says, well, I was given this crystal by the Lemurians 20 years ago. I think it was 20 years ago, she said. And I, she, they told me that it was for somebody else that I would know her, them when I saw them. And... When I saw you through the window, I knew 100% that it's you. I've been carrying this crystal in my purse for 20 years, so I can give it to you. And it's from the Memorians. And I'm like, okay. okay and I had my girl. babies kind of hugging my baby, like, okay. And she gave me the crystal. It's really beautiful crystal, really gorgeous. Sort of like aliens and kittens? I, well, she gave me the crystal. <laughs> I wasn't going to go anywhere with her. And she said, okay. She said, well, my job is done. I've done it, you know, and she was really happy and she left. And oh. I'm standing there in this That's lobby good. with this crystal and like, what the hell are Lemurians, you know? Why would they give her a crystal to give to me 20 years ago? So I went up to the reception and my husband was still like checking us in and stuff. And uh, I said, hey, have you ever heard of Lemurians? <laughs> <laughs> At the hotel? And uh, and the lady behind the counter said, oh, yeah, yeah, we have a pamphlet. What about the Lemurians? It's over there. 
of course. <laughs> so I just go and get the pamphlet. And only I, in chest. <laughs> only in chest. And it was all about the Lemurians. And wow, that's amazing. So that was one. And then that kind of happened twice again. Uh, it happened in 2011 or later. I can't remember when, but it happened in Ecuador one, um, one time. And it happened somewhere else. I can't remember the third one. But random people come up to me and say, I've, I've been carrying this crystal mm. and for all these years and it's for you. It's a Lemurian crystal. And, um, I think it was Oregon the other time. Anyways, um, I feel a little bit like a calling card is like, hello, connect. Exactly. And I'm like, why don't they just come to me? Right. Why do they have to send all these people with crystals? Why don't they just come to me? So I, I tried to connect with them telepathically and boom, there was an instant connection. And I said, Hey, you know, I'll put the kettle on, just come over. And said, No, we can't. We can't come over. This is why, because they would be perceived or seen or, um, detected or something would put us both in, in danger. Like, Oh, okay. Well, what is it? And then they told me about, and they showed me the split. Then it happened when, um, great number of the human collector decided to have a light dark experience when the light dark experience came in to be experienced yes originally originally some x yeah. thousand years ago yeah and they explained that lemurian is not a country or a race but it's actually the human collective members around the world who decided not to have that experience to continue with a natural light experience because the human collective is naturally light so that kind of means that at some point in uh, that point I picked a light dark experience. Yes, you did. Oh my gosh. Doopsie. Oopsie. <laughs> did I know? Yes. Did I thought it was a good idea? Yes. I did think it was a good idea? Yes. We got to play war. It was a great war. Yeah, you played war a lot. <laughs> I mean, it was a great war. It doesn't mean it was awesome. I mean, it, okay, I mean, I don't really know how to use the right word for that. <laughs> There were good things, there were bad things. It was the good times, it was some bad times. It was miserable also, you know. Yeah. At some point, you, I remember uh, waking up, standing up and saying, I'm done. I'm done, yeah. yeah. And at that point, then working towards this point of time, mm-hmm. which is now. Yep, yep. And now you don't even get into fights. No, I don't even get into fights. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, that was the, the, and they showed me, um, just a, a tinge. They said, we're here. We need to warn you that when the split comes, and this was after 2011, after we were told that, you know, it's going to be a split and not an ascension. So when the split comes, physic is going to be, when the split comes, it's going to be extremely painful. You don't know how painful this is going to be. You can't imagine, but we're here to warn you. That this is going to be extremely painful. And I said, okay. And then when the energetic split came, when I was told that it was going to be a split, I said, not on my watch. Right? So that was an agreement for me to be taken out of the matrix. And it was just a placeholder in my body. And um, when I came back from that, back into the matrix, when it was the, the energetic split had happened, it felt, literally felt like my body was ripped in half, was being ripped in half. It was so, so painful, not just emotionally, but physically painful. It was horrific. And 
I just went, whoa, you know, now I can say thanks for the warning because I, I don't know what I'd have done if I couldn't understand this right now. You might have attributed it to something else, yeah. you know, yeah. and maybe used, it might have been used as a way to trick yeah. you into something. Yeah, take me out. Take you out. Yeah. And um, I never knew that type of pain was even possible on the planet, man. It was, it was just horrible. And then, uh, of course now, yeah, there's physical pain. Uh, especially when I go into towns and cities when all the physical bodies are connecting with each other, telling each other they're mortally injured, you know? Yep. Not necessarily that they're gonna die, but their lineage and everything, their DNA, everything's gone. It's like, over. For them. And, that translates into me not feeling well, getting headaches and stomach aches and uh, physically, like, not well. You know, I can hardly move sometimes. Non-functioning, yeah. not even functional. Yeah. yeah. But if I stay from towns and cities, I, I'm i pretty much okay. But, yeah. yeah. I have noticed that the longer that we are here, here, the less I understand what's going on there, there. Mm. I don't even, can't even conceive that things are worse, you know, mm. or more cranked up or cranked up or whatever. Yeah. Like I can read and look and find sources that say everything's worse than before and mm-hmm. twice as hardly locked it down and more infections and more people dying, etc. And I cannot even conceive of it. Mm. Even when I travel, I went to New York, didn't see anything of that. <laughs> the only miserable part about the trip to New York was the airplane ride home. Mm-hmm. I was uh, maxed out. I think I had gotten my complete dose. Yeah, of nothing because you didn't see anything? <laughs> <laughs> complete dose of masks, honestly. Oh, the masks. <laughs> I have a slight issue with righteousness. Mm, you may have, or bit. may not have noticed that yeah, over the last, I don't know, few years. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so if I don't process... My feelings of righteousness. It explodes. I can feel that effect quite seriously. Yeah. Not super seriously. I just get a nasty headache and I become righteous and crabby. Yeah. Which is a bad combination. Bad combi- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't recommend it to anyone. Uh huh. Anyway, yeah. That was it. But honestly, on the plane ride, even the stewardesses were not being uh, upset about masks being down or anything. They just let you do whatever you want. That's good. But I was still maxed. Yeah. Yeah. There's another interesting thing. I mean, these side effects are pretty much invisible. Um, I mean, all the side effects and deaths have been scrubbed. That's why those are invisible. But you showed me some articles or some posts from professional drivers, like truck drivers, UPS, and and other people who drive for... for, for a living. They're there every day and they know what's normal and what's, what's not. What's normal and what's not. And they've said that there's like um, near accidents all the time. People just not just focusing. Not focusing, right. Yeah. When we had one in the paper just yes, just the other day, yeah. I, um, one of the tribal leaders. From a nearby From a nearby tribe, tribe right. Just found dead in a field in his car. Dead in a field in his car. <laughs> drove off the road, didn't crash into anything, maybe stopped on a tree, but. Yeah, that, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. I was asking Daniela about it today because she lives in California and she has yeah. to drive a lot. And she said she had actually mentioned to her spouse and her in-laws that there were so many near misses 
nowadays it's like they're so they're so distracted she said people were literally texting on the phone while driving on the highway not even looking at the highway anymore so it's like it, she'd never seen that before and she's like she, even she noticed it and that the hearing loss had noticed it too they yeah. said yep distracted drivers they're everywhere Really, really distracted, and your missus left, right, and center. And it's like that disconnect, right? It's like, well, we'll be running an experiment ourselves the next, uh huh, on this weekend. Why? Because we'll be checking out the roads for a thousand <laughs> yeah, or two miles right. <laughs> and see if oh there's distracted gosh. drivers or not. Oh, we're making their own pack, man. <laughs> oh, I guarantee you one thing. What? I'll be in the car. We're going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, without incident. Without incident. But we will be able to observe yeah. what does it look like. Yeah, it's all about agreement anyways. I remember once, many years ago, I was driving back to California from here. Mm-hmm. And I went, I think I was near Seattle. And I saw a pickup truck drive into the side and under a huge truck. One of those big uh, what are those called? The big trucks? Semi truck. Semi truck. And the, then the semi truck turned and started rolling and taking out all these other cars, which went flying. And I thought that was only happened in the movies, right? And I could see, I was in my Mercedes and I could see the whole thing growing, expanding. And there's bits of cars flying towards me. And I had a choice. I could put my brakes on and Turned to the side, right? But there were, I was in the area where things were landing. And my other choice was put my foot down and just weave through the, the cars, right? To try yeah. and get out of the, the firing line, the, the area with all these bits of cars. And well, when you say firing, put your foot down, you mean like full throttle? Full throttle, yeah. Not full brakes. 100 per, 110 <laughs> miles an hour. Just go as fast as we can. Yes, sweet, 120 sweet miles an hour to get out of there. Right. And I had that type of car. So that's what I chose. I chose to put my foot down and go for it. And I started weaving through all the cars and then people, it was really hard because people were seeing these things coming at them and put their brakes on, like without signaling or it's just random panic or changing lanes to try and get away from cars rolling towards them and stuff. <laughs> so I had to weave in and out of rolling cars and other cars stopping and other cars going. And eventually I got past them, you know. And I looked in my mirror, and it was just like there were all war there in yeah. the highway. All the lanes were stopped, and there was smoke and fire and explosions everywhere. And like, good grief, I thought that only happened in the movies, man. And I carried on driving. I mean, my adrenaline was pumping, and it's very unpleasant for me when adrenaline comes into my body. But it was a choice point, mm-hmm. right? I knew that as a choice point, and you always get a choice, and hopefully you do it consciously, mm-hmm. right? So even if you are somewhere with, like we were talking about earlier, yeah, don't go through red lights, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're driving out, be 100% more aware of your, your your surroundings. Don't expect people to stay in their lanes. Make sure that you're very, very aware of keeping distance between yourself and other cars. Right. So be extremely aware be of your driving diligent and be diligent and aware don't that be in people's blind everybody spots, you know? on the road now is fully there no they're not so basically by joining in that 
You're joining in their process. Mm -hmm. and Don't be expect, their co-creator. <laughs> don't expect for people to be there and not to change lanes randomly or swerve off the road. Back in my day, we called it defensive driving. Yes. So, defensive driving. Yeah, that's the way I was taught to drive. So You pretty much expect people mm -hmm. to be doing the wrong thing or mm -hmm. drifting or not paying attention. Yes. And you plan accordingly. So yeah. if someone's drifting into your lane... You might have to go into the ditch, or you might have to go into the other lane. But yes. you don't just drive straight into them. No, just right. put your brakes on, man. <laughs> put your brakes on. Something to change your CBDR. Yeah. In the co in the in the Coast Guard and in the fishing world, we call that CBDR. What does that mean? Constant bearing, decreasing range. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> change something, and then you won't hit anything. Exactly. You yeah. change your speed, mm -hmm. and then your bearing's going to change, and then it's going to miss you. Mm -hmm. You change your direction. Same thing. You're going to alter something that won't hit you yeah. yeah just don't drive headlong into a wall basically right right and that's the same advice that comes for the uh what do you need for the next six months to a year without making yourself terrifically uncomfortable i might need coffee for example i like yeah. it yeah. so i might have a stash of coffee I'm not worried about toilet paper. We've got a creek. <laughs> Watch your butt in the creek. Yep. This one dries in the summer, you know. It's going to be a rough summer. <laughs> <laughs> sand. You can clean it with sand. <laughs> we got a river, too. <laughs> yes, <we laughs> It'll be a long river. walk. <laughs> oh, but you get the idea. Yeah. So I've been reading also about those um, supply chain mess-ups, you know. That's something that's been talked about and coming for ages. If something, they tried something it closes last, up, messes yeah, up, a little mess July. up, and then everything has mm -hmm. a shock, and then it takes a month to clear up or two months to clear up. Like, I, we went to look for um, trailers, little camper trailers, mm -hmm. with a couple of our friends. And uh, the company said, paradoxically, they had had their best month in the entire history of 20 years of selling campers. Mm -hmm. But they can't And at them. the same time... Everything they have on order can't come because the bits that go in them are, are back ordered or stuck somewhere <laughs> or didn't make it or can't be built because they're missing a chip or they don't have a this or they don't have a that. So the camper company that builds them is like, yeah, we got million order, but we can't deliver because I can't get this part. Yeah. So that's the supply chain uh, foul ups. And, mm -hmm. and those things mean that things that normally would be not thought about second for a second they like mess up the process so you go to the store to go get some thing that and thing ain't there right. not because that thing's not made it's just because one of the things that goes in that thing isn't around mm -hmm. yeah. weather chips shipping whatever mm -hmm. manipulative stuff yeah. so if you have if you have six months worth of coffee <laughs> and the coffee supply dries up you can't go to Starbucks to get no coffee you don't care and if you can go to Starbucks, you still don't care because you're going to drink that coffee either way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not afraid of running out of coffee. I actually was, that was one of the, one of the things I was looking at. And I processed that fear. It's like, what happens if I have no coffee? It's like, nothing. I'll have <laughs> tea. <laughs> drink some hot water. I'll have chaga. I'll have 700 the different. Dandelions. The dandelions. The dandelions all over the earth. We have licorice root growing in the trees. Mm -hmm. We have Indian tea. There's a ton of things I can make to drink instead. We watched uh, Azerbaijan yesterday on the TV. Yeah. Rose petals. And they had some rose petals and some cherry leaves and yeah. some um, 
berries that looked like I thought they were currants and no, you thought they were blueberries blueberries or they're definitely blueberries yeah. they were definitely currants they were definitely blueberries they were abs- totally got, they could, were not blueberries they were blueberries and so anyway they put those in their tea <laughs> and then they had a, a, a pot I want to get one of those pots did you see the that hot water was, pot it's, yeah that's kind of cool so in the middle of it is a fire pit yeah. they put like coals from the fire in yeah. And I put a little chimney like on Like a tube inside, yeah. And then inside they poured the a water on the outside around it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, 15, 20 minutes, they got hot water. Yeah. Just from the coals from their little fire. Yep. And it was like it. the process to go make tea. It just reminded me of our um, hot hot tub. Oh, yeah. Because we have a horse trough yeah, we that's do. hooked up to a wood stove. And uh, if you want to take a hot bath, you just have to cut a lot of wood and then stick it in there and then go check it every five minutes and pour more in. And then eventually you're going to get a hot bath and uh, it might exercise. be very hot. And you definitely get those exercise. It's like a hot bath is process, not hot bath is turn on the water and get in. Yeah. Well, it was the same with the hot water tool they used. Yeah, and what she had, cucumbers and all kind of vegetables growing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if Walmart closed... They wouldn't even have noticed. They wouldn't notice, no. Mm-mm. Not even the tiny bit. No. If you had to have some kind of luciferese jellyfish thing in your blood system proving you got a vaccine to get into Walmart, <laughs> they would be like, A, B, C? Do not get it. <laughs> I don't need Walmart or that. But, you know, if you're reasonably prepared for a reasonable amount of shift... You're really going to be fine. Yeah. But if you're not prepared and you're in a bad spot, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. But you've picked. Yep, you have. You've picked uh, Hero's Journey or Princess Journey. Yes. <laughs> Either way, at the end of the journey, you're going to get there. Yeah, we're pretty much Princess Journey here, huh? Because even if we run out of protein, you take the north out and grab a house, a ton of fish. Well, anybody that we know who is hungry can have all the fish in the world, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. You just need fuel. I just need a little bit of fuel, and I have enough fuel for about a, a month of trips. <laughs> yeah. I mean, which is like 30 drive out there and get fishes. Mm-hmm. And 30 go out there and get fishes is a year's worth of... Because one day of me fishing is enough for a long time a to long eat. A long time, yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah. yeah. Not a big worry. Mm-mm. Plus there's elk all over the place. Indeed. Yeah, but the elk are pretty safe from us. From us, yeah. But we have friends yeah. and cousins. <laughs> <laughs> we have roosters too, who are also pretty safe from us. Yes. <laughs> of course, I consider it my uh, duty, in a sense, to make sure that we're never hungry enough that our chickens and our elks aren't safe from us. <laughs> because, you know, at some point they might not be. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't see that day anytime soon. No, that's good. Yeah, but it is like chicken in the fridge. They're just running around eating still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got plenty of eggs. Yeah, we got plenty of eggs. We ain't going to kill the golden goose. Is that what it is? Right, right. Yep. Maybe the we should get a couple cows, honey, so we have milk. But somebody's going to need to do the milking. Oh, man. Not me. Oh. you got to get up early. Uh-uh. Hopefully somebody joins our tribe who's, like, into getting up early and milking cows. Yeah, and has cows. Maybe even has cows. Mm-hmm. 
That'd be sweet. Yeah. All right. Then we have cheese. We have milk. Because you don't like goats, so. Yeah, not goat milk. Not so found. No. Speaking of which, what? What do you think about our idea selling beach sand in a box? <laughs> the boxes fell apart immediately. Yeah, they did. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I was thinking just a little jar of sand from the West Coast, you know. But I thought a box because you want to stick your hand in it and like connect with the beach. Yeah. Stick your whole hand in yeah, it. Yeah, it's really nice. So like a, a gallon of beach sand. Yeah, a gallon of beach hands. That would be so nice. Yeah. They probably already sell it, but <laughs> the shipping is probably $20. Oh, more than that. But a hundred dollars just for the shipping for that weight. Nah. Oh yeah. Nah. Yeah, I've, I've shipped things. Yeah. Maybe we'll go I check. shipped. I shipped one tiny little book abroad. Yeah. And it was fifty bucks, and it didn't even weigh anything. Well, we'll get a gallon and we'll go weigh it, and then we'll go find out how much it ships. For. Okay. And then somebody ever needs a gallon of sand for some sticking their hand in it. Send us five hundred bucks, and we'll send it to you. <laughs> We could have figured out the shipping first. <laughs> that sand was so nice oh, yesterday. It was so nice, yeah. Really we have nice. a chore. We have our camper on the res set up with our electricity, and we got the bulldozer guy to show up, and he made everything beautiful. And he has a little steamroller too, and he uh-huh. made it flat. Yeah. And I got Brett, and we used a rake and shovel, and mm-hmm. we did our what do you call that landscaping? A little bit of landscaping. Yeah, put we some planted wild some flowers. flowers for the hummingbirds. Uh-huh. And Local wildfire. We took our bikes for a ride, and mm-hmm. we ended up at the beach to get a couple of boxes of sand because mm-hmm. when you come out of your camper, you don't want to just step onto gravel. Mm, yeah. We want to step onto bricks, bricks, yeah. or tiles, or whatever you call it. Yeah, they're bricks. Right. So we put the bricks on the gravel, and guess what? They're all over the they're place. They're all wobbly, wobbly crickety. and nasty. So Hopi had taught us to put sand down first, mm-hmm. and I felt. Well, you brought it up. You said we need to go get sand. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Hope we use the sand. <laughs> so where are we going to get sand? <laughs> well. There's a beach right next to us. How about the beach right next to us? That works. So we got our sand and we put it out and we put our bricks down and now we have a beautiful place and beautiful sand and we thought, I bet other people might need sand. They'd probably love to get How about we just sand. get a box of sand and we can send it to whoever wants a box of sand? Yeah. He said, that's a great idea if the shipping ain't $500. <laughs> so now you know what our our next job is. Collect sand for people? No, figure out the shipping. Oh, okay. <laughs> and if it, isn't, if it isn't $500 to ship a gallon of sand, then, you know, if you want some sand, let me know. <laughs> yeah. Or, fuss. Oh, I can't say that yet. When can I say it? Uh, May the 3rd. Oh, jeez. All right. Well, I hope you aren't, uh, you know... <laughs> wallowing in mystery <laughs> yeah but it's not anything but good it's good stuff excellent stuff mm-hmm. so we're wrapping up right yeah I want to know if there's any courses or any books or any meditations or anything that you were I think that recommend yes I would recommend the true thing class that I did recently definitely do that one because you really need it during this time in earlyabends.com go to the store Yeah, I think it's earlyabends.com slash store you get straight there Okay, and do a search on truth truthing or truth truth I think 
and um, you'll get it. And definitely do that class. Definitely do that class. It's really useful right now to just figure out all the data and information and your your you know niggles and intuitions and everything else. All right. That's the one I would recommend right now. Can you um? How about a book? Mm, of all the books? I think the angel book sticks I think the up. angel book, yeah. Interview it, with an angel. Yeah. Yeah, that might help these days. I think so, because, you know, it is a... Very connective. It's, it seems very good time to be connecting with an, a collective like that. Yeah, I think with so. With a large emotional body. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Okay. And um, in my newsletter on Monday last, I sent out the observation exercise. If you haven't done it yet, go ahead and do the observation exercise from the newsletter. Okay, how do they sign up for the newsletter if they haven't? Go in eliabenz.com and sign up for the newsletter. And where would they find last months or weeks or whatever? Uh, it should be in a, as an article too, as in the blog. Can you explain observation in a five-second quickie? So observation, the way that I teach it, is a way in which you look at something, a topic or an object or something, and this is the human collective we're observing. And you can use like a photograph of a crowd or of, or the planet Earth or something like that to, to make it easier for you. You look at it with your physical eyes, and then you... St- make yourself step out of the way and allow the the universe, all the beings, all the sentiency of the universe to look through your eyes at this item. It's very simple. It's not complicated at all. People are having a hard time stepping out of their way. And one of my students said, because they're they're very stuck in the eye me and myself, so stepping out of the way is kind of hard. But if you use a photograph and you just like visualize kind of like almost like you're stepping out of your body and looking... And allowing your eyes, the universe, to look through your eyes, then it should work really fast, really easily. And do it for as long as possible. It could be a few seconds, but ideally you'll manage to do it for an hour. And what does it do? Sometimes you get information, and that's fine. It's called contemplation. You can go into contemplation for a while, get a lot of data, and that's interesting. But then go back to observation. Observation you don't do. You don't engage with anything that comes up. You just think it and... It goes away and you just allow the universe to observe it. What happens? It gets resolved very quickly. Things become clear very quickly and data comes up very quickly mm-hmm. in the situation. Cool. Yeah. That feels, that feels like complete. Yeah. Like, me too. that's a good way to wrap up. Yeah. Very nice. I love you, honey. I love you too, darling.